What's the worst day you ever had in your business? I can name a few. I was a five-time award-winning entrepreneur who burned out because I couldn't give up control of anything in my business, whether it was because I thought I could do it faster or because I thought I couldn't afford it. I just refused to let anybody else in. Consequently, the business turned from a dream goal into a job I hated and I didn't know what to do anymore. In 2015, I closed my business, walked away, and started a whole new life. But I didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up after that. And I realized that what I really love to do is marketing. I love to talk about marketing and create marketing and teach other people how to create value-based marketing initiatives that talk to their customers. I've done it for corporations, for entrepreneurs like you, bloggers, and everybody in between. I'm here to help you create your dream empire that gives you the freedom to create your life the way you want to do it. My name is Megan Brain. This is Stop Sucking Your Business. Let's go. Hey guys, Megan here. Before we get started in this episode, um, you are about to hear my continual struggle with the only internet provider in our area right now, which is Spectrum, and their hatred of anything. <laughs> to do with podcasting. Uh, I apologize ahead of time for how this sounds. We've tried our best to clean it up, but there's going to be a couple of stops and starts. And again, very sorry. And I'm sorry to Jordan too. Someday, someday our fiber internet will come. Anyways, again, apologize for this but I hope you're still able to find some value in it because Jordan has a lot of great info. But here is, without further ado, what the, this is a hell of an intro, isn't it? This is my interview with Jordan Becerra of Influencer SEO. Hey guys, Megan here. Thank you so much for joining me today. I, uh, I hunted this woman down specifically because she's amazing and I have been working with her for over a year now, and I can't wait for you to find out more about her. Her name is Jordan Becerra, and she is the founder of Influencer SEO, which provides search engine optimization services designed specifically for bloggers. Jordan is a longtime staple behind the scenes in the influencer space. She actually started out in social networking web design project management, working as a manager for a majorly successful blogger and her sister-in-law, Lauren Everts Bostick. Did I say that right? Yep. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> Skinny Confidential. And now she runs Influencer SEO, which is the powerhouse content strategy team behind some of the biggest influencers in the game and some we influencers like myself, too. <laughs> so, um, yeah. She is fantastic. I can't wait for you to hear her story and how her tips for SEO, how she's going to rock it with you. Jordan, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Hello, everyone. I, uh, your story is just awesome to me. You have such a cool story, and I love that you found this niche in influencer SEO. Um, let's start at the beginning, though, and start like, how did you get into this game? What was your backstory? So straight out of college, I got into social networking design. I was on the project management side of things. So I 
work done, you know, how do you take a social networking idea from start to finish um, and launching a social network, just building, building it, designing it, branding it, all that kind of stuff. Um, I was an entrepreneur. And so my first venture was actually a debate platform, funny enough. Um, and then I ended up that that ended up not working out. So my sister-in-law had recently launched a social network, a fitness platform. So she said, why don't you come over to the Skinny Confidential um, and help me, you know, manage this social network. So I bounced over there, started working for her and ended up loving working for her. Um, grew my position there into more of like um, just kind of her right hand and all things related to her blog and her fitness platform and really fell in love with the influencer space and SEO. And so after working for her for a while, I thought, you know, it's time for me to spread my wings and get back into entrepreneurship. And I had this idea for influencer SEO. So I just started working on it and then kind of uh, transitioned into doing SEO for bloggers. Um, and we kind of talked about this before we started recording, but I really went from the, I really went from more of like a freelancer approach of just, you know, one client at a time, doing it on the side to growing it into what it is now three years later, which is an actual business that's, you know, set up and has an office and employees and does, um, is much more organized. So I really believe in the bootstrap model of building a business, which is just, you know, you start offering a great service. So that's kind of my story. And now we're working with, you know, tons of influencers and it's, it's grown into offering more, more services. We do Pinterest, not just SEO. We have multiple packages. So it's been fun. I think it is so cool how you have found, like I said in, earlier, you found this niche, but just watching you talk about it, you have such a passion for it, I can tell. And just, it, it lights up your face when you're talking about your business. And I think that that is, that, that's the goal, right? Like that is, that's what we yeah, all Yeah, I think that it really, it really is super important for entrepreneurs. Um, for me personally, I really, I enjoy being able to see my value on paper or see the value that I create a um, marketing tactic because for me to get into, because you can see there's such measurable data in SEO and in the internet. So um, I really think that's why I get so lit up about it because I just love seeing the results and I love seeing like, oh, you can actually help somebody grow by doing these things. And I think that SEO is such a, I, I feel like it's like marketing where it's like the, this critical thing that people know exists, but they have no fucking idea how to start. Like they, they just don't know. They know they're supposed to do SEO, but when they actually think about like, okay, what does that mean? Then it, it's crickets, you know? <laughs> the fact that you've carved out this space. Yeah. It, it's crazy. And I, First, I've had way too much coffee, so that's all the starts and stops today. Um, let's talk about SEO, though. Let's get into what it is and why people shouldn't be scared of it, but should respect it, if that makes sense. Yes. So, okay, just to give the, like, layman's most basic um, definition of SEO. SEO is basically the process of creating content that is search engine friendly so that you can pop up or your content can pop up 
as a result for a search. So anybody searching on Google, the things that pop up as results are not by mistake. They are based on a set of rules um, or they're called algorithms by Google or Yahoo or Bing. Um, so based off their rules, the things that they're looking for, your content can potentially pop up. If you create valuable content, you're doing SEO right. So what I always try to tell people is there's, there's, there's creating valuable content, but then there's also creating content that is um, more strategic, which is creating content for search terms that have a very high search volume. Um, so you can not only rank for, you know, one keyword, but hopefully you can rank for a keyword that is, that is searched a lot or has. So when you're creating SEO up as a result for search terms so that you can organically click rather than having to pay to pop up. Um, and the great thing about SEO is once you're starting to gain rankings and starting to pop up for, or, or as a result for search terms, you'll start naturally getting traffic because people are searching, finding your content, clicking on your content, going to your blog post, hopefully falling in love with your content to the point where they want to come back and read more. Um, so the great thing about SEO is you're reaching new people that have never heard of you before because they're just people that are, you know, searching online, if that makes sense. How do you recommend people walk the tightrope of this is what I want to write about versus this is what's going to bring me traffic? I think that they're both valuable. I think that for your audience, you want to create content that you want to write because you want to connect with your audience. And I think when you're writing about what you want to write about, you're putting out an authentic version of yourself, which is something that you want your audience to come back for. You want them to get to know you. You want them to feel like a part of your community. So creating content just for your readers, whether it's search engine friendly or not, is super important. And I think that you have to do that plus these smart strategic topics. Um, because if you want to reach new people, you want to be creating content that is searchable. And then if you want to connect with your audience, you want to be creating that content for your audience. So it's both. Is there a way for someone to predict, what, like what is the process that you think people should do when it comes to planning out their content for both SEO and I guess for like, what I'm thinking about is like holidays or gift guides or things. Like how, how do you recommend people start planning out those ideas and making them search, search engine friendly? When it comes to gift guides, um, I, I always suggest that there's going to be some gift guides that you're going to want to do every year, especially if you're a fashion influencer or you know, you're, you're, you're targeting a certain kind of audience, you know that maybe they're going to be interested in buying certain things like around the holidays, around Valentine's Day, um, or maybe even during like special sales seasons, you know that they're going to be shopping and because they like you and follow you, they want to see your curated list. So I think those things are great. Um, and actually sometimes those kinds of topics can be very search engine friendly. Um, if they're if they're very targeted and 
Um, so you can you can definitely create gift guides. Most of the time, they're not going to be super competitive. For example, a Chris, like a general Christmas gift guide. Obviously, that's going to be people are writing that. You're probably competing with not only other bloggers but brands. Even I'm sure Nordstrom's probably has, you know, a gift guide that they're doing. So. But if you're going to do it, what I always recommend is rather than creating a new post every single year for something that you would probably write about every single year, just have one post on your blog that every single year you go back and update and refresh and recirculate so that you only have one URL dedicated specifically to a Christmas gift guide. Um, so that's kind of the way to not have so many pages on your site that are similar content that are also considered somewhat like low value content because they're just affiliate links and, you know, links to products for the most part. That makes sense. And I never actually thought about just having one and then just updating it every year. Um, I, that's brilliant. Yes. So when you do that, you're 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 not only, you're actually avoiding the issue of creating similar content on your site year after year that is technically low value content because it's just a gift guide with a ton of affiliate links um, that that eventually become sold out or end up linking to broken pages. So rather than having that on your site and just leaving it be or even deleting it, you're just every single year updating it and recirculating it, showing search engines that it's valuable year after year um, and not having, you know, posts on your site that are competing against each other for the same search terms. So it's all of those things. But you can also, you can create, you know, very targeted search engine friendly gift guides. I'll give you an example. Like let's say you had, um, we'll just use like an entrepreneur example. Say you had like a female entrepreneur gift guide. That's very specific. Or you could even do rather than just like gift guide, you could do, you know, what to buy a stay-at-home mom blogger or something that's just a little bit more specific. So I think that's also a really good strategy. I like that. I love, I did a gift guide last year for gifts for people you hate but you have to buy for. <laughs> and it was just, that's funny. <laughs> I was just like, that, that's one of the things, you know, you have to do if you're in, well, when you used to be in offices and do like gift guides or um, secret Santas and things like that, like here, just fucking take this and go. <laughs> I well, and I think the overall point is really just thinking about it not so much from, like, just thinking about how can I make this really specific, but right. still something that someone would potentially search for. Mm. And I think a good question that your listeners can ask themselves when they're thinking about creating content is, would I search for this? And if the answer is no, then, um, you know, you might want to rethink it. Or you can even think, okay, if I were to be searching for this, how would I search for this? And that might be a good way to phrase your title or your URL or, um, you know, your sections within your blog posts. Is how, would, how would I search for this if I was searching for this kind of content? I think that's an excellent segue into SEO basics for complete newbies. So what do you think are the most important things that someone should think about when they are trying to optimize any kind of content? So first and foremost, you really want to think about the user experience. So is this content easy to read? 
if I'm searching for this content and I happen to find this content, are the sections easily noticeable? Um, is it is it enjoyable to read? Like, for example, is the font super, super small or is the font, you know, you can tell what it says. Um, and then you really want to make sure that you are covering all of the all, all of the main points of the topic. So when you think about SEO, the most important thing is value. Is, is it valuable? So search engines want to find or they want to provide the answers for their searchers that are the best. So if somebody's searching for something, they want that person to click on the post and get the answer that they were looking for or find the content they, that they were looking for. So if you're covering a topic, um, we can just use another example of, you know, we'll just use that um, entrepreneur gift guide, for example. If you're creating a blog post on an entrepreneur gift guide, you definitely want it to be an entrepreneur gift guide first and foremost. And then maybe you want, you know, at the top of the post to have it say, this is an entrepreneur gift guide, you know, here's a subheading entrepreneur gift guide so that they know, okay, here's where the gift guide actually begins. And then maybe each gift is in its own section with its own subheading so that each gift is easy to see. There's an image. Um, it's all broken down so that anyone who wants to scan the post can easily see what is in the post. So that's first and foremost, just answering the question, writing the blog post so that it's, you know, legible and enjoyable to read. Not a ton of, um, you know, not one giant paragraph, I guess I would say. And then from there, then there's, there's you know, more SEO technical stuff, which is making sure that you have a focus keyword that you're optimizing the blog post for or a group of focus keywords that you're optimizing the blog post for. And then making sure that you edit your meta tag, your, um, all of your, like that. So... If your listeners are bloggers, recommend Yoast, um, and you can actually go in there and edit your meta tag, and it'll kind of watch as a blog post. I think that I love I love that idea. I love using Yoast and just kind of making it easier for you. But what have you noticed that a lot of bloggers get wrong about SEO? So a lot of bloggers believe that SEO is just kind of like you type in your, well, Yoast is a great, Yoast is first and foremost great because it's a, it's a tool and it's general, but I always encourage people to understand that it is just a tool. So you can optimize a blog post for literally anything. Um, and so it's a great tool to make sure, okay, this post is SEO friendly, but that doesn't give you the full picture of is this post competitive? And is this post about a keyword that is actually, you know, a value? Because if for a keyword that's never even searched for, it could be optimized, but it's not going to get you traffic. So there's a lot more that goes into SEO versus just optimization. Um, a good example that I always use, I always go back to Nordstrom's, but um, if you are writing a blog post about Nordstrom's and you optimize the post using the Yoast plugin for Nordstrom's, that doesn't mean that you're going to rank for Nordstrom's because Nordstrom's is going to rank for Nordstrom's. So you want to find topics that are um, within your competitive range, and then you want to write about those topics in a competitive way so that you're writing better posts than the people that are, or the blog posts that are already ranking for that post. And then you also want to opt just making it search engine friendly. So there's, there's kind of the, 
you want to cover the full spectrum of really what is going to actually end up bringing you traffic. So like what we do um, at Influencer SEO is we have multiple packages. We have the optimized package, which is optimizing your blog posts to make sure they're search engine friendly. So giving your current content its best chance at ranking and doing what basically every blogger should be doing, but most likely isn't on all of their blog posts. And then we have the strategize package, which takes it to the next level, which is now we're not only optimizing your content, we're also looking at what keywords should we target and how do we write about those topics to be the best post so that search engines index us on page one. Hey guys, Megan here. How are your conversions doing? Are they maybe a little won't won't? I am here to help you with this exclusive free training about two phrases you can use that just boost your conversions like kapow. But there's a catch. It's totally free, but you have to get it in my Facebook group. That's the only place it's available. So to join, join my facing group. No, <laughs> joining my Facebook group is totally free. It's at facebook.com slash groups slash Megan Brame. Once you join, you'll be able to get access to the training that shows you two stupidly simple phrases you can use to add oomph to your conversions in your marketing. It's going to blow your mind. And I am so excited for you to check it out. Again, facebook.com slash groups slash Megan Brame. I'll see you in there. So there's, there's all the, there's the different range of like really how much you want to get into it. Um, but I would say first and foremost, the most important thing you should always be doing is making sure that your posts are search engine friendly. Can we talk about blogs as a whole? I think that people get really confused about if, like for lifestyle bloggers, for example, if I can just talk about, if I only have to talk about one topic or if I can talk about all the topics that interest me and does Google like that? Does Google hate that? What have you noticed in terms of like the whole ecosystem of a blog? What usually is a good thing to consider? So you can be a lifestyle blogger and talk about many different topics and still have success in SEO. Um, I will say that it's important to build up your competitiveness and your authority in a specific space if you're trying to really see that long-term growth. So if you are a targeted niche blogger, it's going to be easy for, easier for you as you grow your SEO over time to start ranking for things within your niche versus if you're just starting out as a lifestyle blogger and trying to talk about fashion and health and fitness all at the same time. Um, you're going to really have to go for very, very low competition posts in the beginning in order to, in order to be able to rank for them. Um, so both, both are fine. I always try to push people towards like a niche just because it's going to be easier. You'll build up your authority faster. And then also if you're focused on a niche, you can really cover the niche fully and then slowly start, you know, 
bringing in other topics that are a little bit outside your niche and grow into a lifestyle space. But I think it's always a little bit easier for people to start out with having one specific thing that people go to them for. And then over time they start because they end up, you know, being a part of their community and feeling like they're that influencer's friend and they trust that influencer that when that influencer starts talking about other things, they're like, okay, well, I'd like to hear your opinion on that too. Versus just kind of right off, right off the bat, starting off with a ton of different topics. Do you think that's the same for people who pivot to pivot from one topic to another? I, I have a, well, my whole opinion on pivoting is if you're very, very specific in your niche and then you suddenly pivot, there's always going to be a little bit of a readjustment period where both for your readers and for search engines. Yes. And so the biggest mistake I see when bloggers do decide to pivot is they'll say, okay, I used to talk about this and now I'm going to talk about something else. And then they go back and delete all of their content that's related to their old niche. And when you do that, when you delete old content, some of that content might have been indexed and might have been bringing you traffic. So you're going to probably lose those rankings because they're going to be going to a broken page or going to, or if, if you do it right, they'll be redirected to your home page or something. And then Google will basically figure out or every search engine will figure out, okay, this content is now no longer there and it's not what the person's actually searching for anymore. So you'll lose the rankings and you'll lose the traffic. So, if you're, a, if you're seriously just focused on maybe you're selling a product or you have a podcast that you're just trying to push and you're not necessarily focused on like getting sponsored posts, um, then it's not that big of an issue. But if you're selling, if usually when you're working with brands, you'll be selling your overall traffic to them as, you know, a selling point to work with you because you can, you're getting, you know, however many hits you're getting per month to your website. And so when you delete all that old content, you're going to lose the SEO value that you were gaining um, and the SEO traffic that you were gaining from those posts. And then when you go, your, your traffic will be less, I guess. Um, and that's super important because most bloggers that are super successful are getting more traffic from search engines than all of their social media combined. Um, but a lot of bloggers aren't typically looking at their analytics on a daily basis or monthly basis or even you know quarterly basis so they don't realize wow a lot of my traffic is coming from search engines and um, so you have to be you have to be mindful of that when you're deleting posts or um, yeah mostly just deleting posts that makes sense just the scorched earth policy is going to hinder you more than help you yes so can we talk about Pinterest too because I know one you guys handle Pinterest but also Pinterest has been huge for bloggers, and I think that it's something that is almost like a, a diamond in the rough. Like people think, like, oh, I got to pin stuff, but nobody thinks about it strategically. What kind of tips do you have for people to start thinking about Pinterest in terms of a strategy? So I agree with you that Pinterest is great for bloggers. I so to kind of back up, the reason we offer Pinterest services as an SEO company is because search, uh, Pinterest is a search engine. So it functions, it obviously has its own set of algorithms, but the whole point is that you're going on there searching for something and then something is 
popping up, results are popping up. And those results are linking to websites that have, you know, the recipe or the DIY or whatever it is you're looking for. So with bloggers, it's a great place for them to um, appeal to the aesthetic side of the searcher. So if you are, you know, a DIY blogger or a recipe blogger, even a fashion blogger, it's a great, great place for you to, you know, showcase your images as the focus of it's a place where you can move the needle. So unlike Instagram, where you know you'll put so much work into it and barely see any results, Pinterest, if you focus on it, you will grow. So that's the great thing about Pinterest. Um, I would say as far as a strategy goes, it used to be, oh, you could just pin as much as you want and you would grow. Now it's not necessarily that. Now it's really focused on unique pins. So Pinterest wants to see that you're adding value to the community by posting pins, original pins that you've created either from your blog or through infographics or um, even other websites that you're pinning from other websites um, and adding, adding content to the platform versus just going in and repinning things. Um, so I would say you definitely want to be creating original content for Pinterest. You can pin all of your blog posts. You can also pin your own, you can make infographics. I always recommend bloggers use like Canva, um, something that's easy to make infographics. And um, you want to be posting those, creating original content, pinning from other websites that you like on a regular basis, and even engaging. You can comment on other pins, um, just engage a little bit versus just feeling like you're using it as a platform to promote your stuff. And then from there, the search engine aspect of it is really you want to write keyword-friendly captions, and you want to create boards that are keyword-friendly and niche-specific. So an example of that would be you don't want to just have, let's say, an outfits board. You want to have, you know, a white pants outfit board. Or, so you just want to make it like a little bit more specific, and I think it depends on everybody's niche. So if you're a fashion blogger, maybe a white pants outfit forward works. Um, and if you're, you know, a DIY blogger, maybe it's like indoor DIYs or nursery room DIYs or, um, I don't know, sneaker DIYs, whatever it is, you want to just categorize them a little bit more so that they're very, very targeted and you want to write your captions so that they're very targeted as well. What is your opinion on hashtags in Pinterest? Do you think that they work or do you think that it's not worth the effort? So Pinterest has gone back and forth on this. Um, two, three years ago, hashtags they publicly said do not matter, then they brought them back. So I will say, like, you can use them, but, like, don't go overboard. And also, I really tend to take the stance that anything that's, like, like a scheme or, uh, like, you're going to beat the algorithm or anything like that, that tends to be, that tends to not ever work long term. It might work for a little bit, but the second the algorithm changes, which they change things all the time, you're going to lose all that value. Really the best motto all of the time for anything in this space really is, are you creating value? Are you, like, and that's, that's with the boards. Are you creating boards that are well-rounded resources? So if somebody's going to a white pants outfit board, do you have a ton of white pants outfit inspiration posts 
that are linking to like high value websites that actually show you how to wear white pants different ways. Um, do you have, are, like in that board are there white pants, you know, the best white pants that you can find? And I'm just using this as an example, but the whole goal is, and this is, I went to a training, a one-on-one -on -one training session with Pinterest um, when I was actually working with my sister-in-law and that was their whole thing. They said, we're looking for you to create well-rounded resources with actionable pins. So things that are teaching people something, things that are showing people how to do something. It's not just, are these images beautiful? Um, it's really actionable. I, uh, what's in my head? Honestly, what's in my head? Um, I'm interested to hear your opinion on story pins now that those are launched and kind of released to the world, but more in terms of the frustration a lot of people seem to be having with, um, it, like, you can't really take people off-site, which I get Pinterest, they want you to stay on their site, right? And so, do you feel like for bloggers who are trying to grow their blogs, do you think that things like story pins are worth the effort, or do you think, no, you should just be working on pinning both your content and other people's content that leads you off the site? I think the overall goal is to definitely drive traffic to your site. Um, so you want to create pins that people are going to want to go to your website to get the full information. Um, so if story pins are adding value for you and you think that they're adding value to your boards and making your boards a great resource, then I would say it's worth it. But if you're just kind of like shuffling them over and there isn't like a strategy or a real value add to them, then I would say no. And I think, again, kind of going back to the question, and I, I always try to make SEO because even though SEO is technical, it also is a lot of more just common sense. And so if you are thinking about whether to add something to Pinterest or not, ask yourself, if you saw this pin, would you repin it? Would you click on it? If the answer is no, then maybe it's not something that you go out of your way to add. I will say this, though. I, I always recommend that bloggers add all of their images from all of their blog posts to Pinterest, especially if they have great images, because I, I say I always tell them not to add them all at once, so you kind of want to space them out. Um, but if you, if you can have... Pinterest at the end of the day is also a place for you to distribute your content. So you do want to distribute your content. But if you're like really going out of your way to do something that doesn't seem to be adding a lot of value, I would say you don't need to focus on it. It would probably be smart, like a really great infographic, um, just to kind of use the same example. I was I feel like in interviews I always find an example and then I use that example the whole time, but it's just easy to stick with. Um, but to use this white pants example, let's say you have a blog post on how to wear white pants 12 ways. Maybe you create an infographic that's like how to style pants 12 ways and you have one, two, three, four, and you have little images so that it really shows, okay, here's, you know, here's exactly how to wear white pants 12 ways and if I want to buy these things or see more images I can click on the infographic and go to the actual blog post. I think it would be more valuable for a blogger to spend their time creating an infographic like that. 
I love that. I, lo I love the idea of infographics and also <laughs> of white pants. I would search for what, how to style white pants, but I also would need a pin on how to keep white pants clean and not get, <laughs> not just become. Yeah, after having a baby, after having a baby, it's all black for me. <laughs> no white anything. It'll be so dirty. It's, I just stick with all black. It's simple. It's elegant. It gets the job done. Right? Exactly. So this is the month of delegation, you know, I'm talking to professionals who are just masters of their field. And when it's time for you to come and get someone else to do this better for you, you come to these people. And just to give everyone who's listening an example, like Jordan and I have been working together on both of my blogs for started in October last year. So happy anniversary. Um, hey, yeah, we should, I'll buy you cake. We'll get cake. Um, Sounds good to me. All right. Perfect. So the reason that I came to Jordan was one, because she was recommended by another blogger, but also because I knew that SEO was a topic that was incredibly valuable and a black hole of information for me in terms of like, I, I felt like I was just overthinking things and not thinking things through at the same time. So that's why I came to Jordan and Influencer SEO and I can completely recommend them. She, her team is just baller. You're, you've done such a good oh, thank job. Thank you so much. That means so much. Thank you. So when someone is like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. I cannot try and work with Google or Pinterest anymore. When do you recommend people start coming to you? And how do you think that they should prepare? So I always recommend that you start doing SEO immediately. Um, we work with bloggers that have been blogging for 10 years. We also work with bloggers that are like, I just launched my site yesterday. Like, let's go. Um, and I always say the, the earlier you start, the better, because you will learn how to create SEO-friendly content from the beginning then. Um, versus if you have been blogging for 10 years and, you know, you've had some success, but you've also probably created a lot of issues on your site along the way that when we start working with a blogger that's been blogging a lot longer, um, there's usually a lot more to go back and work on versus starting fresh. It's harder to grow when you're smaller, um, but there's a lot more to fix when you're bigger. So I will say it's great to start from the beginning, even if you know you want to you want to start out just making sure that your site's SEO friendly. Maybe you're not you know getting super strategic yet, but it's always great to start SEO from the beginning. So if you want to work with somebody to help you with your SEO, I think I personally think that's a great decision. The reason I started this business was because I just felt like there was not an SEO service out there that really catered to the influencer space specifically. It was more for big businesses. So there were much larger um, monthly budgets and it was much more expensive. And there were, there were services that bloggers didn't necessarily need um, packaged into those prices. And so our services are really just for influencers and we take into account, you know, how do influencers make money? Um, maybe we're using their SEO to help them make more money versus just focusing on growing their SEO. So we're really targeted to this space. 
Um, so I would say if you are not an influencer, but you just have a business, maybe you are looking for somebody that's for an SEO company to help you that is more targeted to businesses. It kind of just depends what you're looking for. But when someone comes to us and wants to start with SEO, it's a really simple process. We basically, um, depending on which package they're interested in, we just, they sign up on our site. We do like a small intake form with them just to get some information about your brand, get your login info, and then we kind of just hit the ground running. So all of our packages run from the first of the month through the end of the month, and which you know. Um, so we start on the first of the month, um, on the following month that you sign up, and we do weekly reports, and we just kind of start where you're at. So whether it's just us optimizing your content each week, um, we start doing that, or if you're in the strategize package, we'll do a full audit, a site health audit of your site and figure out, you know, how many SEO errors do you have? How many broken pages are on your site? Um, how many sold out products are there that are ranking, linking to, you know, broken pages from the past or whatever? And we'll start working on you on fixing, or working with you to fix all of those kinds of things and then also work on getting you um, SEO friendly blog posts so that you can start getting new content on your site that is really, really targeted to um, target the keywords that you're going after. And one thing, if you don't mind, I'd like you to talk about is you specifically mention on your site that you guys do not change content. Like you, you don't change the voice of, con of the content. Um, I think that a lot of people get afraid to do SEO because things like I have to write for Google for <laughs> I have to write for Google. And mm -hmm. what I like is that you guys say like just write for you. We'll we'll work in those confines and we'll just we'll optimize it there. But <laughs> how do you recommend when people come to you and they want to sign on, they're starting their package, whether it's optimize or strategize, and how, because <laughs> I've had people ask me this question, how do they get over writing knowing that you're going to look it over? Does that make sense? Like, how do you recommend people realize that you're going to work with them, but, like, don't worry about what we're going to do? Yes. So, and this is, again, kind of how influencer SEO is different than a traditional SEO company. Because I came from the background of the influencer space, I understand, and I think I've trained my team in this way, um, to understand how important the influencer's voice is. It's really, at the end of the day, it can really be the thing that separates you and makes you successful because it's the thing that connects you to your audience. So, I mean, I'm sure everybody listening right now has Googled something, and when they Google it and they read it, there are some times where you read it and you're just like, okay, cool, I got my answer. There are other times that you read it and you're like, wow, I really connect with this site. I need to, like, click around. That's the voice. That is the influencer's voice. So it is one of the most important things. We're very, very careful about not changing the voice too much. And I think in the beginning, we definitely spend a lot of time. We're more careful in the beginning getting to know how you write, how you sound. Um, and so we're very careful about not changing too much that would impact your voice overall. Um, and that's 
that it's just important to us, I think, from coming from the influencer space, we know that at the end of the day, it's not just a content site when you're a blogger and you're, you know, you're putting yourself out there. It's, it's also who you are and the audience that you're connecting with and the community you're creating. And I think the voice is the best like manifestation of that. So um, most of the time we don't have any issues with it. Of course, in the beginning, there might be a couple times where they say like, oh, you changed this. I don't like that. Don't change that. Um, but pretty much for the most part, we err on the side of caution and change as little of the voice as possible and really just focus on the optimization. Um, so if there ever is an issue and they say like, oh, you know, you changed, I don't like to have my words shortened. I like, I, instead of using the word fave, I like it to be favorite always, which we would recommend favorite by the way. But, um, but if, if, you know, you have an instance like that, you just tell us and we kind of, we just go with the flow, but because we're really working on your content on a daily basis, we're seeing like how you write and we're getting to know you. And at the end of the day, we're, we're learning how to mimic you versus learning how to like overpower you. That makes total sense. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you before we sign off is what kind of data should people start paying attention to? I know SEO is a slow burn, right? And it's mm -hmm. uh, frustrating, but exciting when you see it, when you finally see it start to take off and start to work, and that's the exciting part, but like the, the pre, the pre launch is very frustrating, right? Mm -hmm. So how do you recommend people start paying attention to see if their SEO efforts are working, whether working with you or just on their own? What are your suggestions? So the most important things to take a look at are your rankings and your traffic and specifically your traffic related to search engines. So your traffic that's coming from Google, Yahoo, Bing um, versus coming from Instagram or people going directly to your site. So that's where you're going to see the value of SEO. Um, but I also like to look at the whole picture because sometimes, and this is just an example, but let's say you are ranking for really well for a you know, fall-related post, and during fall, your traffic is spiking, and it's amazing. You know, during spring, it might, it might take a little bit of a hit because your rankings are so heavily focused on fall. Um, so I would say if people are looking at, like, you know, how, where am I seeing the results of SEO, it's your, your traffic and your rankings. That's first and foremost. Um, and that's the, in the strategize package, we provide weekly results so you can see, okay, this is how many rankings I've gained this week. This is how my traffic's improved. Um, we'll even send, like, if we've sent you a specific blog post to write, we'll track that post rankings over time and say, like, hey, this blog post you wrote is now ranking for, you know, how to wear white pants 12 ways. Google it and see yourself pop up. Um, and that's, again, I think we kind of talked about this earlier, but that's the great thing about SEO is that you can see the value that you're gaining by just Googling yourself um, and you can see your traffic growing over time. Let's talk about your SEO evaluation for everybody. Okay. So our, um, we are offering an SEO evaluation, a free SEO evaluation on our site. So if you are like, I don't know anything about SEO, I don't know where I'm at, 
um, just you just don't know what's going on. You can go to our website and put in your information, put in your blog, and put in your email address, and we'll do a full audit of your site, both a site health audit and just an overall performance, SEO performance audit. So we'll send you how many rankings you have. If you have any page one rankings, how many page one rankings you have. So that's instances where your content is actually popping up on page one of search results. We'll send you um, all of the site health errors that are currently on your site, how many that you have. And then there's also information in there about you know what rankings are what and we'll also recommend which package we think would be best for you based off kind of where you're at and we we haven't even scratched the surface of SEO so I know people are going to have way more questions for you um, how can people reach out to you People can reach out to us. Well, the easiest way is our website. So if you just go to influencerseo.com, um, you can message us there, email us there. You can email me directly. Just email info at influencerseo.com. They could reach, uh, reach us on Instagram too. Okay. Before we go, is there anything else that you want people to know about you, about influencer SEO, about SEO? Is there anything that we haven't covered that you feel like people should know about? No, I think the only thing I would probably say is that if people are feeling overwhelmed or intimidated by SEO, don't be. It's one of the most powerful things that you can do to grow your audience and grow your brand and can be a game changer for you and your brand. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Jordan. I really appreciate it. Hey guys, Megan here. Just a reminder, I have regular Q&A episodes coming out. So if you want your questions answered, head to meganbrame.com slash ask a question, all one word, and you'll be able to get your question posted. And if I feature it, you will get a copy, a free copy of my book, Day One, A Practical Guide to Launching Your Business. So again, head to meganbrame.com slash ask a question. And if your question gets featured, I'm sending you a free copy of my book as a thank you. 